Welcome to the Options Millionaire Podcast, where we walk you through the tools, techniques, and strategies we use to become seven-figure traders in the options market. Your hosts are Peter and Travis, founders of the Options Wealth Academy. All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode number three, where we're going to talk to you about the options basics. Yeah. So my, I'm my Peter. Favorite. Yeah, I'm Travis. Travis? <laughs> yeah. Option basics. They're my favorite. They're my favorite thing to talk about because all my money is made from the basics of options. Yeah, and um, so this this uh, episode, I'm going to start. So I'll give you my take on the option basics, um, and they should be pretty darn similar to Travis's. And if they're not, it's because I um, have failed as a student because Travis <laughs> taught me the options basics. So, um, so I'm not going to go into all everything about options basics. There's a we'll actually we have links that you can um, actually go to courses that are taught for free. Um, Travis has one uh, that you can go do an option basics boot camp. But what I do want to talk about is I'll talk about some of the fundamentals with options and why they're so important and what I learned in my last 10 years of trading options and how everything came right back to the option basics, especially when I was having a problem. So bottom line here, I'll down and dirty. Options are just contracts. Travis talked about this uh, last week. He touched on this a little bit. You'll often hear them referred to as derivatives. You'll often hear people talk about Warren Buffett saying they're the um, weapons of financial mass destruction, which we all know is not true. Anyone that follows us or follows Warren Buffett, use, he uses options as well. Um, any any strategy can be that. Um, but options are contracts. They're contracts or derivatives of a stock security underlying asset. That's basically what they are. There's different examples you can look at as what an option is, but the bottom line is it just gives you rights or obligations. That's basically what it is. It gives you a right or an obligation to either buy or sell something at a specified time um, between that option contract. The important thing to understand about options is they expire. So unlike a stock, when you buy a stock, it never expires except when the company goes bankrupt. That's the only time the uh, the stock expires. Um, and hopefully you never experience that. But with an options contract, they expire. So an options contract will always have a date assigned to it. And uh, if you ever look at a brokerage account, depending on the type of option you're looking at, like if you looked at SPX, it goes all the way out, I think to 2026. So some, some of them are very long-term and some are shorter term. Um, there's only two types, a call and a put. And um, you you have the ability to buy or sell either one of those or a combination of the two. The interesting thing when it comes to options is there's probably somewhere, there's over 100 different trading strategies, but they all boil down to the basics of options. And one of the things I'm going to do real quick here is I'll read you a definition of uh but I'm going to read it to you because I don't like to try and memorize anything. Um, this is another thing I learned when I was trading options when I had a template um, that you, you should, you know, there's certain things you can memorize and then there's certain things that are written down for a week, a reason. <laughs> um, so 
We talked about the two different type of options. And if you really want to get a better understanding of them, you can go to one of my favorite sites. It's called investopedia.com. And it will give you uh, the different uh, definitions of an option. Uh, If you look at Investopedia, it's going to tell you an option is just a financial instrument that's based on the value of an underlying security, such as a stock. Um, And like I talked about, there's a call option and there's a put option. Um, The call option, if you were to purchase, let's say, a call option, it gives you the right because you bought the option. It gives you the right, but you're not obligated. Um, It'll give you the right to buy a stock at any given time between that option contract and expiration. So I'll give you a quick example. Let's say you bought a, um, a call option on stock ABC. And um, at the time that you bought that call option, the stock was trading at $50 a share. So you go you go out and you buy a $50 call option and it expires in January of January, we'll say January 23rd of 2023. Um, now that option gives you the right, but not the obligation to buy that stock at $50 a share. So how does that work? Well, if the stock goes up, between now and that expiration date in January, and let's say the stock goes up to $60 a share, you now have a contract that gives you the right to buy it at a $10 discount. And that contract's going to be worth some money. So you actually have two different ways you can do this. You can exercise that contract, at which point it will um, assign you 100 shares of that stock at $50 a share, and then you could turn around and sell it in the open market. or if you don't want to invest that much money, because that would be a lot of money, you can simply sell the contract at a profit to someone who would want to buy those shares, or maybe they need to sell their shares at that price, whatever the case is. So that's what a call option is. A put option, when you buy a put option, it's the exact opposite of that. A put option gives you the right, but not the obligation to sell a stock. So how does that come into play? And Travis touched on this in our last episode. Um, it, we we really look at them as uh, insurance. Uh, so we go go back kind of to that first example. Let's say I bought 100 shares of XYZ stock. I used ABC in the beginning, so I'll use it again. ABC stock, if I bought it at $50 a share, um, but I want to insure that position for the next year. I can turn around and buy a long-term put option. These are often called leaps. Um, and I can buy a $50 put option on that stock. And what does that do? That gives me the right to sell my stock at $50 a share. So obviously, if the stock goes up in price, that put option really isn't doing me any good. But if what if the stock dropped to $30 a share? So instead of me losing $20 a share, I have a contract that allows me to sell it back at what I bought it for. And really my ultimate loss is just whatever I paid for that contract. So that's the basics of options from a buying perspective. And it's very, very important that you understand those two, in my opinion. Uh, That's what I was taught. I spent probably, I think when I was going through the Success Academy, at least the first year was just spent buying options. We learned how to buy options. I find them to be the most powerful position out of all the option strategies buying an option I find to be the most powerful. And the reason why is because you have rights and rights are always the most powerful position in any contract. 
So now if we flip over to the other side with selling options, it's really, now you've really got to flip your brain. This is why it's so important to understand things. If we bought a call option, it gave us the right to sell a stock. Well, if we sell a call option, we are now obligated to buy a stock. <laughs> so you can see how that causes issues in your brain. So it's very important to, once you learn the option basics, it's important to have it written down somewhere so that you understand what's going on. Because as you start getting into strategies, this will come into play. Um, the big difference when you sell an option, so in selling a call option, you're now obligated. So think about that for a minute. If we take our same example of XYZ stock or ABC stock, if I sold a call option at $50, a $50 call option that expired in January of 2023, I am now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm now on the hook. I'm obligated to purchase those shares at $50 a share. So obviously, if the stock price were to go up, no big deal. If the But if the stock price were to go down, that's a big deal. And unfortunately, depending on how you do that, uh, that, that loss, that risk could be infinite. So now flip your brain again. Let's go over to the put side. You remember if we own a put, it gives us the right to sell shares, right? So if we sell a put, we are now obligated to buy shares. Right. So, um, what we use this for is actually a pretty cool trick where you can actually get paid to buy the stocks you want to own at a lower price. Um, so, but in our example, if I sold a $50 uh, January 2023 put on ABC stock, I am now obligated to purchase those shares at $50 a share. If the price of um, the stock goes up, no big deal. That's great for me, right? But if the price goes down, now I'm taking a loss, right? So I could be assigned and asked to buy it. So so those are the basics of options. Sounds very, very simple, but you will be surprised how quickly they will get joggled in your mind when you're trying to trade the more advanced strategies. But every strategy in options trading is based off those fundamental rights and obligations. And that's it. How did I do? That was excellent, my friend. And I will turn my video on in one sec after I finish stuffing my face. My favorite activity when Peter is talking. We always joke. Every time we meet when Peter's talking, I am literally usually always stuffing my face with something. <laughs> and I always end right when he stuffs the last piece in his mouth. <laughs> exactly. Just stuck a fork full of taco salad in my mouth. I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, buddy. Well, that was good. I'm just going to piggyback off of a couple of things you said, and I'm going to first uh, start off by saying a lot of I was listening to Peter, and it all makes sense to me. But I was trying to put myself back to what it must have felt like as a beginner, right? So if you felt like this when Peter were talking, as, as Peter was talking, like a lot of what he was saying. Sounded like gibberish or foreign language, right? And my brother has said something like that to me one time when I he's watching one of my YouTube videos and I pulled up my trading platform. He was like, I was with you until you pulled up your platform and I saw all those moving parts. He was like, No, thank you, right? It just seems too confusing when, it, when you're new to it, right? It's not like you've ever heard of options trading when you went to any kind of school, grade school, college, or maybe in college, depending on your major, but it's not something that's talked about in the world, right? So 
if it, a lot of Woody sound like gibberish or foreign language or sound overwhelming, that's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Like I would say 99% of people I've met who learned options felt the same way when they first learned. It was like, whoa, you're literally learning a new language. And so accept the overwhelm. It's normal. And just take your time. Um, over time, as long as you keep listening to things, things will click. For me, it took about six months. I literally stayed dazed and confused for six months straight. It was the most stupid I have ever felt in my entire life. For six months, I felt like a complete idiot. I'm like, I'll never learn this. I'll never understand this. Like This makes zero sense to me. But I knew I could make a lot of money with it. So I just kept trying to learn it because I'm like, this guy made, became a millionaire trading this. I was like, uh, I want to become a millionaire. So I'm going to do the work necessary to learn this skill. And I just kept kept at it. And after six months, it was like a light bulb went off and things started becoming more clear. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody's feeling that way. All right. So now what I want to do is piggyback off of a little bit of what Peter said about the basics. You may notice I may repeat uh, some of what he said. And the reason that's important is because uh, it's a quote. I, I can't remember who said it, but like they say, repetition is the mother of skill. Like you're never going to hear something and get it exactly once, especially options. It's 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 a very relatively unknown way to invest in the stock market. And you literally have to keep listening to the same basic concepts over and over and over again until you build a new neural pathway in your brain. And that's when things start to click. When people say it clicks, that's what you're doing. You're building new neural pathways in your brain to because you're learning something completely new. And so if I repeat something, just embrace it. It just help reinforce the concepts. But I'm going to start off talking about contracts, right? Because that's what an option is. It's nothing but a contract. You have real estate contracts. You have contracts that musicians sign. You have contracts sometimes at your place of employment. That's all an option is. It's a contract. So when people say options are confusing, no, they're not. They're just contracts. They're only confusing because you haven't been able to equate it to something you use in your everyday life, like a real estate contract or a contract for your apartment you live in, right? That's all it is. It's a contract. And like any contract, it gives you certain rights or obligations, et cetera, et cetera. In the case of stock options, they give us rights and obligations in regards to stocks. And not all stocks that are traded in the stock market has option contracts tied to it. That's why they're called derivatives. Their value is derived from a stock. And so I'll use a stock that's currently, depending on when you listen to this, hopefully the company is still around, right? Apple Computer. Apple Computer has listed stock options you can trade. They're option contracts that are derived from Apple stock. So there are two types of option contracts. We have purchase and sales contracts. Um, so the purchase contracts Peter talked about are called call options. Don't ask me why they come up with these weird names. Why do they call it a call option? Why can't they just call it a purchase contract? I don't know. But the purchase contract is called a call option. And it gives, if you buy that call option, it gives you the right to buy a set number of Apple stock on it before a given date. That's all. A real estate contract gives you the right but not the obligation to buy a house at a set price on it before a given date. Call option contract gives you the right, not the obligation to buy a certain number of stock shares for a set price and on or before a given date. See, 
they're just the same real estate contract call. It's just, you just have to equate it. That's what a call option is, right? I call it a purchase contract because it gives you, if you buy a call option, it gives you the right to buy a stock. Now they have something called sales contracts. Well, what I call sales contracts and there are put options and put options are, um, they give you, we use them and they're, they were created in the seventies to help investors uh, ensure their stock portfolio. So the reason I call it a sales contract is because it locks in the sale price. So if you bought Apple computer, and I I probably should use stock ABC or XYZ like Peter did, because stocks, you know, they go, stocks don't always stick around. Stocks that were, you know, in existence 80 years ago are not anymore. So uh, I may be dating the podcast by using an actual company, but stick with me now since I already started with Apple. So if I bought Apple computer, I wanted to insure my purchase. You insure the purchase of your home, you insure your car, but I'm completely frustrated that people don't realize that you can actually insure your stock market portfolio. I insured my mom's portfolio when she was in retirement and like most retirees, you couldn't lose money. So I bought her insurance. And so when the market crashed, she didn't lose money like everybody else, right? Because she had insurance. She had a put option. That's all it is. It locks in the sales price. If you buy your stock at $50, you can buy a 50 put option that says, hey, if that stock fell in price to like $20 in the market crash, I have insurance for at $50, my purchase price. I can file an insurance claim, aka what they call exercising the put option. And you know what the broker would do? It'll put all my money right back in my account, irregardless of how much it shows I'm losing on the stock. And it's because I have insurance. I have a contract that grants me certain rights. Right. If I bought that contract, like any contract to grant you rights, and the exchange has to honor those rights as long as the put is still valid. Because as Peter talked about, one of the dangers of option trading is that these contracts expire. Unlike stocks, they don't have like an infinite expiration. They they expire. And so you have to use these rights within a certain amount of time or else you lose all your money for what you paid for the option contract. Okay. So again, we have two types of option contract. That's it. It sounds confusing, but it's just two option contracts, puts and calls. I call them purchase and sales contracts. And then the next thing is only two simple things. It's two two ways to trade options. You can buy options or you can sell options. So when you hear option trading, you get confused. Just remember, it's nothing but a contract. You have two types of options, puts and calls, and there's only two ways to trade options. You can buy options or sell options. And a quick summary of the difference between those two are buying options. Generally, what people will do is they buy options because it's a cheaper way to invest in the stock market. If I bought 100 shares of a certain stock, I might have to put up $30,000. That's where I grew up poor. We were like, oh, you know, it takes money to make money. Only rich people get richer because only rich people have $30,000 laying around, right? If you're poor, if you grew up poor like me, you didn't have extra 30000 But for that same stock, I can buy a call option contract for $500. And you know what's crazy? It will still, it's like leasing that $30,000 worth of stock. It's like leasing a house. You get the benefit from this big house. You didn't have to pay 300 grand for the house, right? You just pay like $1,000 a month and you can live in that house. Well, that call option contract is like living in a $30,000 house, right? You get the benefit from the movement of that much stock, but it only costs you $500. 
because of the rights that a contract gives you, right? The contract gives you the right to buy $30,000 worth of stock sometime in the future. You don't ever, you never plan on buying $30,000 stock. You just want the benefit of the movement. And that's why a lot of people like me started trading options is a way for us to get rich. We invest 500 and we could often get, uh, at least in my experience, I'm not guaranteeing you can do this, but I can often get like 50 to 100% return on my money. And so I invest 500, my investment will double in a few months and then I cash out 4,000. And so that's buying options. That's why most people buy options is you get these huge gains like that. Well, there's also called selling options. And Peter talked about rights and obligations, so I won't cover that. But the reason most people sell options is because it brings in consistent income each month. And so we'll probably cover that later in another podcast, like the ins and outs of selling options. But I just wanted to give you like kind of the reasons why a lot of people buy or sell options. People sell options for consistent income. What, I, what you can equate it to is selling insurance, right? I bought a put, I'm buying insurance. Well, guess what? Someone has to sell that to me. Just like your, your insurance salesman for your house or your car. They sold your insurance, right? They have consistent income each month, right? That's what selling options is. You're just selling. Most of the time, you're selling insurance to other people. There are other option strategies, but basically, you're just selling options or bringing consistent income. And I think that is it. That's I wanted to stop there. I didn't want to overwhelm people. I just want to give people a quick summary, kind of the why behind people, reason people might trade options. Just summary is a cheaper way to invest in the stock market. You can get outsized returns as well as consistent income. It's the, yeah, it's to me, it's the the way it's for the little guy, little guy or girl, sorry, or like the average Joe. You're told to stay away from them. They're risky. And I think there's my conspiracy theory is they don't want you to gain access to these tools because, yeah, I, I achieved financial freedom at five years, left corporate America when I was 34. Think about the powers to be. Do they want average people getting a hold of something that allows them to be, achieve financial freedom and quit corporate America when I was 34? Or do, or do they want to keep you in the dark and so you can keep being a cog in their will until you're 40, 50, 60. And so, you know, think about that. So yeah, that's all I'll say on that. I'll shut up. That's a good, uh, you know, it's, we, we often like to go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories, um, but that's a good one. I mean, because they do make it, you'll often hear you're going to, as you start to learn and you, as you start to trade options, or if you start to, do more research on YouTube. You'll hear you're, you'll often hear them saying, "Oh, I'm short Apple, I'm mm-hmm. long Apple," and as you start to get into, I've noticed this in my journey. As you start to learn more about the financial lingo, lingo, you're like, from a common sense perspective, it makes zero sense to me. Why would you make it so difficult? But yeah. based on your conspiracy <laughs> theory, that makes perfect sense. Uh, well, we're here to help you. Yeah. Get, help you break that conspiracy theory because uh, <laughs> it's really not that difficult. And uh, once you, let me ask you a question though. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Because options trading, it is risky, just like crossing the street. But um, what would you say the number one reason, or at least the top reason, maybe not the number one, but what would you say the top reason is the why options trading is so risky. Um, I, I often put Travis on the spot too. I mean, that is a good question. There's several. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I would, I don't like top and best. 
I will say one of the top. How about that? One yeah. of the top reasons I would say options are risky is because it's, it's paired. Two of how we're raised in the world. We're not raised to think like millionaire investors, right? We're not learned to think in terms of risk and money, right? It's a foreign concept to a lot of us, unless you grew up in a wealthy family, right? So we first have to learn the realities of the money game. It's just a game and it has rules, right? So if you're not taught that, you're not capable of handling the realities of this game, which can be dangerous if you're included. So basically, I'll, I'll, let me summarize this. Emotions, 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 emotions are usually the number one reason people screw up or they say options are risky. It's because we're have we're not wired emotionally to deal with like these returns. I just said 50 to 100%. Like where have you heard of returns like that? I've seen that so many times in my account. I'm desensitized to it now. But when I first started, I went completely nuts. It was like I was on <laughs> drugs. I was like, what? I just doubled my account in like two months. I'm like, oh, I'll be a billionaire in like two years, right? It's like we're, we're, we're not emotionally equipped to handle that, right? But if you grew up in a family, like my kids, my kids have seen that. But I'm like, look, you guess what? If you can make it that quick, you can lose it that quick. And they've experienced it. They've lost all their money on some option trades, right? <laughs> So they got so they're growing up with that reality. It's like, yeah, if I can make this much money quickly, I can lose it too. And so it makes them more cautious. I'm like, hey, you ready to invest some more? Nah, they're looking at the charts. They're like, no, the stock market is still falling. Let's wait till it starts going up again. And so they're growing up being prepared for the reality of money. But if you're not and you experience that, like, wow. Like it's it's just a, a hunger. You've been starved financially for your entire life, right? You're not rich and you see an, an avenue for you to get rich. You just completely lose your mind. So that's a very long-winded answer, but that's what I've seen. It, it always comes, the summary is it comes down to emotions. People just can't emotionally handle making a lot of money really quickly because <laughs> all they focus on is making money quickly, but they never realize like, oh, I can lose it quickly, <laughs> quickly too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, the important factor there. You, they, they only focused on. All right, Travis gave me a five hundred dollar example, and he made a thousand. So yeah. I can make a thousand dollars. It's like ah, you can lose five hundred. Yeah, you can yeah lose so, yep. <laughs> if you don't have five hundred dollars that you can quickly dump back into the account after you've lost it, uh, that's way too much risk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think one of the so when it comes. I, I've heard all that stuff too with options are w- risky and we're always forced to kind of make that, uh, you know, in the videos I do, Disclaimer, yep. we, both mm-hmm. do we always have those disclaimers. The government is always <laughs> wanting you to know, you know, options trading is risky, but I always equate it to crossing the street. Crossing the street is risky, but we do it every day because we were taught to look both ways, use a crosswalk. Uh, if if the crosswalk has a light, follow the light. Uh, <laughs> and then there's those that don't do any of that. They run across the street, they jaywalk, they don't use a cross, you know, a crosswalk light or crosswalk, you know, that's risky. Mm-hmm. Options trading is no different. Yeah. I think the other thing that comes down to it though, when I look at what people struggle the most with, that's why this episode is probably one of the most important because it's it's the episode to get you out there to learn the basics because this is mm-hmm. your fun. This is your foundation for options trading. Yep. You don't know the basics, you will surely get in trouble. And by the time you learn the basics, it's after you've lost a lot of your money. For sure. If you didn't lose them, if you didn't learn it to begin with. (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
So that's it. That's all I've got. That's all I got. That's a wrap. We'll keep these short and then we will definitely see you in the next podcast episode. So I hope you all enjoyed it. Definitely leave a review, give us some feedback, let us know how we're doing or other things you want to learn about. Well said. <laughs> all right, see you see next. You. See you next week. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to the Options Millionaire Podcast. Be sure to join us each week as we dive into all the tools and techniques we use to become seven-figure traders. For more information and a copy of our show notes, head to www.optionswealthacademy.com.